Alright, well, let's light this candle. Woo! <laughs> well, we've been gone for a while. Yeah, uh, we're back. Just we're in back time. For everyone's favorite holiday. Thanksgiving, or, uh, Halloween. <coughs> uh, uh, Boxing Day. Boxing Day! <laughs> Boxing Day, yeah. Gantanimous. Gantaka. Gantaka, Something. Uh, so you guys might be wondering where we've been. Um, we're kind of wondering that too. Red black hole. We don't know. Yeah, we're actually. Um, but uh, that said, we wouldn't miss the uh, the year end uh, marathon extravaganza. Uh, that is the Christmas Hanzaka. Um, miss special. Um, now, just to, just to be sure, we we haven't gone away. Uh, we will be back. There's some major changes in store for us next year, uh, yes. including uh, relocating to upgraded studio locations, and okay. stuff. and all kinds of fun little stuff and things. And, and like. our absence was uh, mainly due because we were prepping for those. So, um, but uh, other things as well happened, like yeah. um, we wanted to. Uh, we wanted to uh, just to kind of uh, lay back and just bask in the glory that was our, our current episodes, and we also uh, wanted to watch a lot of TV shows and, uh, and a lot of movies that were actually pretty good. A lot of movie, one movie in particular. Yes, Spectre. Yes, it was Spectre. That was. Oh man, I love that James Bond guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was in other movies too. Uh, he uh, he was in the one I think that you're talking about as well. He was. I mean, there was a little movie that came out in the last couple of weeks called Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um, so we were built. We mean, we spent a lot of time kind of studying up on that, make sure we're ready to go. No spoilers too, because uh, um, studying up without spoilers is really tricky. Yeah. So we had to go in in silent mode. So, you know, we had to go offline, which, you know, hampers our ability to produce quality epidoses. So we were, you know, I was reading, like, paper books and stuff. It was, it was something. I got out the mimeograph and, and the teletype. I actually, uh, the pigeons I have are still alive. Yeah, my messenger pigeons didn't do so well. So, you know, they, but you got to watch out because some of those sly... Uh, pigeon aficionados were slipping in spoilers as well. Um, Lucasfilm has a whole division of pigeons. But um, anyway, so that movie came out. There's a lot of good TV that we've been watching. I mean, basically just got sucked in by a lot of good entertainment. Um, and we have to watch good entertainment so that we can bring you good entertainment. That is correct. Um, so I can just, just a little... I guess our viewing recap. Uh, we, I'm just gonna uh, some of these. I'm pretty sure we both watched. Um, it, it, sure, this one for sure. Ash versus Evil Dead was a was fantastic. That, um, that is the TV show of the year. It is really good. If you like any of the Evil Dead series, you will love the show. It's uh, it nails it pretty well. They don't try to do too much. It's just 30 minute episodes. There's it's a full 30, mind mm-hmm. you. So it's a full 30 because it's on stars. So you do get a full 30 minutes. It's not like a 20 minute episode. Um, and it's just about the right length. Um, the first episode was an hour or an hour and a half? Uh, about an hour. About an hour, a little over an hour. 
and that was just kind of get things rolling, get you reacquainted. Um, but man, um, Bruce Campbell just falls right back into Ash. He, he's kind of always been Ash. He kind of is Ash, you know. Where Ash is him, just turned up a little bit. Yeah. Um, some it, that's how everything works. It's just your personality turned up, turned down, turned sideways. Um, but it fantastic show. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's very good. I think they're up to about what are they, eight, nine, ten, eight or nine episodes now. Uh, yeah, seven, eight. Eight, eight. They're There's close. two more left. Two more. They're doing a ten episode run. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Of course, it's set in Michigan, but it is filmed in New Zealand, of all places. Um, it, when you, if you look for it, you can kind of tell it's New Zealand, but um, a little bit. There's a little bit of Frodo action going on. I mean, it's awful hilly and very New Zealandy for Michigan, um, but that does not matter because the show's pretty fun. And you get um, his little, he has some sidekicks now, and they do a really good night. I think everybody does a nice job on that show. Wasn't sure about have him having tag-alongs, but it's worked out really well. And then you got Lucy Lawless is in there. Um, and no, we're not giving away anything on the show, but she's in it. And um, it's a lot of fun. And it's on stars, so they don't have to, you know, pull any punches that they don't need to. No. Gory, is, gory as hell. That is correct. It is a blood fest. But it's kind of, I don't want to call it slapstick gore? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's gory. If you're not a gore person, ugh. but if you like Evil Dead, then you know what we're talking about. It's gorier than uh, Army of Darkness. Way gorier. But just as funny. Oh, it's just as funny. I mean, if you take Army of Darkness and actually made it, it was a PG-13 movie when it came out, was it not? Uh, Army of Darkness was a movie. It was a movie. I think it was PG-13. Yeah. It was pretty safe as far as that kind of... It was more funny than anything else. Um, this has got some definite scares and creepiness to it, which is nice because that's more like Evil Dead. And it's got some funny to it, which is good. Um, and it's got a hell of a lot of blood. Um, which is also good. So that's good. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've been watching. Um, TV show wise, Doctor Who. Uh, we're waiting on the Christmas special now, but uh, this last season of Doctor Who came and went, and it was uh, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I liked the uh, two parters, and then I also liked the the newish character they introduced that also kind of wrapped up. Clara's companionship as well. I thought, I thought that all wrapped up nicely. And uh, the Doctor goes back to Gallifrey, which is also pretty cool. So all in all, yeah. this whole season you got you got um, you got Do- you got you go to Plan Daleks, which I cannot remember the name of it right now. Uh, it's Scarrow. It's Scarrow. Scarrow. Okay, so you got Scarrow. You got Gallifrey. Uh, I think. I liked Peter Capaldi in the first go-around anyway, but he really has a couple really great spots this season. I mean, I think he's good all the way through, but there's one episode in particular where he has a great monologue. It's fantastic. Uh, they did some different stuff with their episodes this year as far as, like, pacing and structure, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, especially the last two-parter of the season, which was they did some crazy shit. Hell yeah. And it was awesome and kind of sad. 
but it was good. Um, Doctor Who, uh, something I've been watching since last year. Uh, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I don't know that you've been watching. There's a show. There's an animated show on Comedy Central called Trip Tank. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen that. Um, it's a fun. It's kind of a. It's, it's very much more comedy oriented, but it's almost like a liquid television. But the whole like the wraparound story is that there's this trip tank is like an office. It's a TV show, but it actually has a building that says trip tank, and there's a guy taking live calls, people complaining about the show as you're watching it. That's pretty funny. And the guy who voices the person answering the phone, at least this season, is Jonah Ray. Oh, nice. Who I did not know existed until uh, this uh, other thing in the news, which was that Mystery Science Series 3000 is going to... They did a Kickstarter. They raised a shitload of money. Yeah, I, they took a good chunk of my money, too. So, <laughs> Mike's a big investor. He's going to get a lot of kickbacks. I think it's more payback for uh, circulating the tapes. Uh, when they weren't as readily available, um, Mike may have had access to them for a while. And he's just... He's just doing what he sh- he's paying his dues and yeah so and i'm getting for, a lot of stuff with it too like he's also getting the kickbacks that you get for doing a kickstarter for it but jonah ray will be the new uh poor marooned uh i guess janitor yeah and felicia day's in it and Patton oswald is also going to be in it <laughs> he's gonna be tv's son of tv's frank that is correct uh which is a wonderful uh wonderful idea uh, a lot of a lot of funny people want to write for it and guest star on it, um, and they raised a shit ton of money really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough to do their like they were aiming to do twelve, and now they're going to do like twelve and some extra stuff because they got extra. I think they made more, didn't they? Mm, it's going to be fourteen now. It's fourteen now, and they were. I mean, there's all kinds of. It was pretty amazing to watch that happen, but. Uh, Trip Tank, anyway, this guy, there's a different guy who answered the phone the first season, and they subbed in this guy at the end. Um, it's pretty good. The animation styles vary from bit to bit. It's pretty rough. It's on Comedy Central. So they, eh, I mean, not Comedy Central, like a pay channel or anything, but they get away with some stuff. They have some recurring bits. Um, a lot of famous voices show up in there. Um, and there's some really, truly bizarre stuff. They have verses where they have this weird skull guy, and it'll be like, the fifth grade soccer team versus the Mongolian horde. And then they'll, you know, kind of like, it's a black and white animation. Oh yeah. It's pretty good. Um, and various different styles. And, um, I'm trying to think of some of this things. There's some, that are just truly weird, like very liquid television kind of stuff. And then there's some, most of them are fairly straightforward comedy bits. There's this goofy thing. It's like a little kid show called Ricky the rocket ship. And he's always like, Oh boy, kids, let's go do this. And then whatever happens, he always ends up forgetting like they can't breathe in space. So he takes all these kids to the moon, opens his door, and they all suffocate and die. That's funny. It's a good little show if you like animation and you like comedy stuff. Um, I can't imagine it's real long for this world. Um, I'm surprised they had a second season, to tell you the truth. But they got about, I want to say they did 12 or 13 episodes a season. Uh,. And you get, you know, all kinds of voices. Sometimes uh, not, it's not all famous people you know. It's a lot of up-and-coming comedians um, and then various animators and things. So I highly recommend it if you like that kind of thing. If you don't, then don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> i trying to think what else. There's Doctor Who and there's... Um, we already talked about I'm trying to think what else has been cooking. 
Um, so I guess the the elephant in the room is Star Wars, really. Oh yeah, there is that little movie Star Wars. Oh Rebels, who's watching? Rebels? Oh, I watched Star Wars Rebels leading up to that too. So Rebels is great. Um, they've gone they've gone on a hiatus till maybe after Christmas. Or are they done for the year? They're not done for the year, are they? Uh, I think until next year. I think I'll see it next year. Like next year, next year, or like January. Uh, like January. Yeah, I think it's supposed to pick back up. Um, I was because after I saw the movie, then I was like, I need to watch some more Rebels, and then there was no Rebels. But Rebels magically stopped one for the holiday and two because I don't think they were going to try to run against their own. You know what though, and and this will lead into Star Wars. The um, what they did uh, makes sense now because basically what they were doing in that um, TV show was kind of just retelling Star Wars, the original movie, and what with, uh, what's-his-face? Um, uh, the main kid. Um, oh, Ezra. Yeah. Ezra, Ezra, Ezra was like Luke in the story, and they kind of retold Star Wars, but, but with a twist, and then... It's like they ended the first half of the, the season and then, then Star Wars Force Awakens and, spoiler alert, they kind of retold Star Wars again. It's, a, it's kind of a... It's kind of a... It's a it, I get why they did it the way they did it. Mm-hmm. It kind of re-says, hey, remember the prequels? Forget those. This is what Star Wars is supposed to be like. And if you're not... And like maybe there's some new kids who haven't really seen the old ones. We'll go ahead and tell you a real similar story to the classic ones. It'll be just enough different, though. And then when episode eight hits, it's, you know, you know, dealer's choice. So um, anyway, uh, Force Awakens. Uh, side note, I have not seen it yet, but I've heard, I believe Mike has seen Creed and said it was quite good. Oh, yeah, Creed was great. Uh, you scared me about Force Awakens there for a second. I know you saw it already. Oh, no, I saw it. Creed, Creed, uh, Stallone should get an Oscar. Yeah, um, I, I probably have to see it. I'm not, sometimes I'm not, I, I have to be in the right mood for the, um, how do I call it? I guess I have to be in the Rocky mood for those. There you go, so, yeah. Um, but I generally, I typically like them, so I don't, it's one of those things I usually have to kind of be in the right mood. Not to mention it was up against Star Wars, so I mean... It's not gonna. I mean, I'd see. I'm gonna have seen. I will have seen Star Wars twice at least before I see Creed. There's no knock on Creed. It's just I need to see Star Wars again. Um. Anyway, Force Awakens came out. Um. Despite I think it being a lit, maybe a little too pulling a little bit too much from the older movies. Um. Didn't I was entertained the whole way through and excited and wanted to see it almost immediately after they stopped showing it so i think it did its job and if it's a little bit of a rehash yeah so what that's a good fine good foot that's just a good footing this you know kind of good base to start this new new era on and then when you get to episode eight and nine they can go whatever direction they want so yeah actually as soon as they hit episode eight they can kind of go whatever direction they want with the story um the only reason i i mean Unless they come out and just do almost like a straight-up remake of Empire in Episode Eight, then I don't think I have any worries. Mm-hmm. And even then, if they did that, I don't know if I'd, I still probably, <laughs> I'd still probably like it a little bit, um, just because it has the right. Goddamn, they have the right feel. Mm-hmm. So, 
They nailed the Star Wars feel. Um, I can't... I'm trying to think. Where are we out from? It's been out for almost a week. I'm going to see it again, that's for sure. I'm seeing... I already have... T- I bought, when I bought tickets in October, I bought them for two different showings. Did you, did bought, you see both of them? Um, no, I've, I have gone to... We went to the uh, one on Friday, the 18th in the morning. I mean, that was good. And that was a... Uh, it wasn't... It was a 3D presentation of it at AMC. Um, the tickets we have for this Friday, Christmas Day at noon, are at a 3D IMAX. Oh, event. see, that's what I want to see. Now, but here's the kicker. This is I, this will be my third showing, and probably actually Rebecca's too, which is something she kind of wants to do this too. The uh, science museum by my yeah. Uh, see, I'm going. The museum is where the 3D IMAX is. And this one, um, the see the museum by us though doesn't do 3D. It's 2D, but it's a special 2D IMAX theater huh. where they have like a half dome. Huh. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so that's, that was my first experience at IMAX because it's like we took this camera up in space and now here's the half dome. Well, and that's what started is like they do like this, like where they do things where they go under the water or go like the Arctic and they fill that whole wall with image and it's sharp and clear. Well, I guess the deal is there uh, if you go see Star Wars at one of these IMAXs, it's not 3D. They shot some stuff that will take up the whole dome surface now the bulk of the movie isn't going to fill all that huge screen the extra big imax screen but when the scene there's at least a couple scenes that will then engulf the whole screen which i kind of want to see and the theater at the science museum here was rated number seven as the and in the top seven places it was weird why they didn't do top 10 but the top seven places to view star wars the force awakens it was number seven in the country because they have the science museum here has a i guess a track record of keeping all of their imax crisp and clean and brand spanking new yeah so it's, it's supposed to be real sharp so I, that will be viewing number three um at some point probably over the uh holiday window here but for sure christmas day 3d imax amc and that way i'll see it in 3d regular 3d imax uh, and 2d imax with you know whatever you know add-ons Mm-hmm. And it's not all that hard to get tickets to the science museum because I think people don't think to look there to find Star Wars. Oh, there were lines opening day. I saw it on the subreddit here in town. So I kind of want to see it Saturday night, but I'm like, do I want to wait an hour in line just to get there? Or, you know, so I, I actually will have to do some research after this epidose. Well, the kicker with the, like, now the AMC tickets were reserved seats, so you don't have to get there early. You just go in and sit down. You know? The IMAX at the Science Museum, I don't believe in science seating. So you, if you do choose to go there, you kind of got to do it old school and go early if you want to get good seats. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But if you wait long enough, you go the right day, I can see what show times are busy. I'll have to find out. I need to find out. I need to do some more research on the Science Museum one, but I will be seeing it there, even if it's in January you know, January 9th or something, I walk over afterwards. I, I just don't see why people would want to do theaters anymore that don't that don't have reserved seating. It's so much better. It's so much, you don't, well, and theaters should all do it because it eliminates all the people standing around. Or, like, you have to rush and worry about not getting a good seat. Or, yeah, I mean, and 
if you at least if the reserve seats, if you buy, if you go online ahead of time, or even when you walk in, they'll let you pick your seats. You can see you're like, oh, this showing sucks. I don't want to sit in the corner in the front. What's what's the next showing look like? And you can pick your seats. So yeah, um, and I've, I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but I had really good seats for the Friday show. So did we, and we saw it on Thursday night, sir. Yeah, you. I, I really wanted to do that, but uh, the wife was working, and she really wanted to see it, and I felt like, to be fair, it would go Friday. Well, I did it in the midst of when the tickets went on sale, and that's when the servers were crashing and shit like that. Oh, boy. So I was just like, give me any ticket, and then I landed this one. So I was like, I I walked away just kind of like, thank you, that's awesome. You know, I'm not going to press my luck. So I accidentally, for my showing on Friday, went during the ticket madness of October, um, I uh, inadvertently purchased four tickets to the same showing, um, and so I returned those two when we went to go see it. And it turns out we had a couple empties next to us. Nice, you spread out. Hell <laughs> yeah, yep. man, spread that shit. Well, no, the kicker, the theater we saw it at. Part of the reason I picked it is it does, and they all do up here now. I think not all of them, some of them don't. They have the full power recliner. Oh wow. And you just push a button, and you'll you can kick back and get as far back as you like. And all the rows are staggered in such a way that there is no way anybody's head will get in your way of viewing. Isn't that nice? Oh, it's fabulous. And I also wanted to go to a theater that did as much as I, I like like Alamo Draft House, and they do it correctly. A lot of theaters that do the food service and their showings do it poorly, and they walk like right in front of you. And I was like, I don't want to be in a dinner theater. Just get me in a regular movie theater. And where nobody's be walking around and all that shit, and uh, and despite like managing my fluids and trying to go to the bathroom right before I went to the movie, about t- twenty minutes into the movie, I had to pee, and I held it because that's what I do, and I may have done damage to my kidneys. But we'll find out. I'll find out when I'm in my sixties. So that's right. Sweet, because it hurt. But it was good. It was a good hurt. Um, oh man, yeah. Anyway, the uh, movie itself is awesome. You should go see it if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's it's worth it every second. Um, and I think you can lovingly lovingly look at the mistakes and the potholes and enjoy it for what it is. And you got to remember that even the classic trilogy has its own share of foibles and mis- you know, Yeah, I think you can ex- you can't you can't go and please everybody, and you can't make the perfect movie. Uh, as I'm sure we'll find out again with this selection for this week, uh, you can just kind of roll in and make a perfect movie that pleases everybody. No, but you can make a weird movie, which is actually part of a series of movies, not like sequels or anything, but just the same crew. So uh, kind of like the Avatar movies. Kind of like the Avatar movies, which I might add are probably going to get blown out of the water by a certain Star Wars film. So uh, it is, Avatar is the highest grossing movie ever. Can you name any of the characters or any lines from that movie? No, I and here, I should do a drum roll if I had one. I don't have one handy at the moment. Um, I've never seen Avatar. All right, so I think what happened is this, uh, and now now we're gonna get in. Yeah, so um, Avatar is the only three D movie you really ever need to see. Like Avatar itself. And that's why, that's why I don't remember it. That's why people don't remember it. It's a forgetful movie. Yeah, and it's, and it's pretty much Fern Gully, but 
Um, <laughs> but the uh, the poll was was James Cameron doing 3D the right way. Like, if they ever show Avatar in the theater, Tim, that's when you should go see it because you don't have the equipment to be able to to watch it in in, in its intended format. No, and I don't. I, it's still, you know what? They had a hard time selling me. Then I don't ever need to see it. I got my, I got my shit. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like all these movies that are out now that kind of bolt on 3D, which you'll see Friday, and I'm gonna see eventually. Like, like they kind of do it as an afterthought. It's, it's kind of like it's, it's kind of there, but it, they only, it's kind of like. Um, it's kind of like old school 3D, right? Where it's like stuffs in the foreground and stuffs in the background. I will say this: the uh, 3D Star Wars I saw on the uh, not the hugest screen, but it was 3D. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm bad. Asked, my bad. No, that's right. I, I did see it 3D last week. Now I'm sure the 3D IMAX presentation that I will see on Friday will blow it out of the water. But they did a really nice. It looked really good. I mean, granted, it was through Star Wars goggles, mind you. You know, after a long wait. But, and that's part of the reason you got to see it again, it's going to need to go in with a little less emotion into it uh, and just kind of enjoy it without being like, oh, this is cool. Um, but it looked really good in the 3D. It didn't, they weren't trying to hit you over the head with it. They didn't do any gimmicky, like shoot something straight at you kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they're, I'm trying to think if it, it it almost didn't I almost didn't even notice it and it just made it look it just made you really engrossed into the movie so I'm looking forward to seeing it in 3D IMAX where it's bigger and more pronounced and sharper and um, <clears throat> but anyway yes there's some movies that do 3D and they I know uh, just uh, tap it on and it's it's shit and and I've never seen a movie like Avatar that does 3D and it makes it integral to the story and it's 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 the perfect 3D movie. But because it was 3D and it had a lot of action and stuff, like, I don't remember anything about... I think Sigourney Weaver was in it, but I don't think Bill Paxton was. Um, and, like, I don't I don't remember any lines or any of the characters. And, and that's because it was more of, like, what you were talking about in those old science IMAX theaters where it was just more of a spectacle. So it made sense for me for Avatar to make as much money as it did because it did a great job of being 3D. And I think that was also back in the day where they... That was kind of the first big picture that went 3D. And and that's where all the theaters fucking charged five extra bucks for 3D as well. Did I just revert to a man from the 20s and call it a picture? Yes, that's a talkie. <laughs> it, was a, it was the first talkie to go three-dimensional. So... so um, <laughs> Excuse me, I gotta go talk to a flapper about it. <laughs> Too bad you don't have but, your uh, your pet and whistle with you. <laughs> oh jeez! Oh no, it's in fucking. Oh <laughs> no! no. <laughs> so, uh, so <laughs> it made that money, but Avatar, Avatar. <laughs> I got that one. Uh, Avatar, um, Avatar's gonna be blown out of the water because Star Wars. They actually made a decent Star Wars movie, and even the Phantom Menace. Is in like the top five all the time. So I think the even the prequels, which everybody is like, ugh, the prequels, those still made fucking bank. Yeah. And they weren't that good. And this is like, you might as well just erase the prequels. Oh, that's the other thing I did is I also watched the prequels and the trilogy in order. And I I did I didn't I'm trying to think if I watched them one two three four five six. 
I did, because I, I know the hell with the machete version and all these other people. No, I mean, just from uh, basically, here's the problem I ran into. I was going to watch it one, two, three, four, five, six in entirety because I haven't seen Phantom Menace in a while. And I will add that it is not the worst of the prequels, I don't think. Um, I think you and I differ on that point. But I was wa- going to watch them in order, but Rebecca wasn't, doesn't, she really doesn't care for the prequels all that much, which I get. Uh, so we were kind of, when there was time, we were watching the classic trilogy. Mm-hmm. I would jump in during the week and watch the prequel. So I watched, I think I watched one, I think I watched one, four, so I watched Phantom Menace, A New Hope, then I watched Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and then I finished up on the weekend uh, watching Empire and Return of the Jedi, which wasn't a bad order, but... um, I guess you had to shake uh, episode one off by just going straight to the classic... Well, episode in the end, uh, if I was ranking them again, I'm not going to do all six. But um, Phantom Menace isn't that bad. It's just it's slow, and the kid is a little annoying, but he's a better actor than Aiden Christensen. So, um, it Attack of the Clones is fucking awful. Um, it's slow and plotting, and there's a couple. I mean, obviously Star Wars is just cool shit in it, but oh god the romance scene oh my god oh it's terrible and Natalie Portman should not be doing any bragging about her you know out acting fucking Hayden Christensen with no feet um and and she was pretty bad Uh, a lot of them were pretty bad some of it was the script writing but some of it they were just bad act just bad execution across the board um Revenge of the Sith is by is pretty good it's, it's not bad. They minimize the wooden. There's a couple. I liked, uh, so my wife, that was my first time she ever saw that, and she liked it a lot. It was a, Revenge of the Sith is really great. Revenge of the Sith is, was the closest, when you just had the prequels as your other Star Wars, it was the closest to feeling like Star Wars. But it's still it was still its own deal. They minimized the Hayden Christian dialogue. You could clip two or three minutes or little micro scenes out of that movie, and it would be, it would be, way, it would be like, oodles better and it's not that bad but it'd be way better if you clipped them just a couple little pieces out um but revenge of the sith i saw eight times in the movie theater jesus son um because i liked it a lot when i first saw it um if i had known that force awakens was going to be this good and was going to exist i probably wouldn't have seen it eight times <laughs> i kind of thought this is my last shot at seeing a star wars movie <laughs> forever um <laughs> So I saw that a lot. I would probably see. I, and the weird part is, I would probably end up seeing Force Awakens. I would guess four to five times before it leaves theaters. Uh, I'm I'm gonna watch it once more and then kind of go from there. I think I need another. I want the IMAX 3D viewing before it goes away, but I think I'm comfortable. I want to rewatch it again to make sure anything I missed that I caught. But I've also been watching YouTube videos and other stuff that kind of helps with the eggs and the uh, Easter eggs and the. Uh, and the other kind of like interesting things around it. So I think if I, if I get one more go at it, um, I think it might be good for me. But I may, I may find out after I see it this next time in my experience that it's great and I'll remember it. And I'll, and there's definitely stuff I missed looking at reviews. So I'm going to go looking for that stuff. Who I do see it in the 2D IMAX at the Science Museum and see how that goes. And you know what? That, maybe that'll be enough. I'm older and wiser now, and I know I'll be able to get to the sweet of the rain in a few months. So... 
Yeah. Who was your favorite character from Force Awakens? Um, let's see here. Let's. Uh, Tough question. Uh, while you're thinking about it, I'll tell you mine. BB-8. You go ahead, and I. Oh, that's boy. He's right in the mix, though. BB-8 uh, is. He is awesome. He um. He's what he's what he's what made like I was nervous when the movie first started. He's he's what quelled my well. It's I, I I'm not engendering robots. I'm not gonna. It's what made me feel comfortable about the new movie was BB-8 having so much personality. It is. It's you know, um, favorite new character. It is. They. I'll say this. In general, they did a. They fucking home run. Did home run. <laughs> hit a home run with all their new characters. You're immediately invested in all of them. Um, you care about them. They have as much hold on you as a lot of the classic characters. I mean, just that quick. And they're well. They're good actors on top of everything else. But BBA, in his own in its own right, his own performance does a great job and to a certain extent he's a more emotional droid than what we're used to mm-hmm. even r2 who is very expressive uh bb8 acts more kind of like a dog to an extent in some in but some cases she has ray has conversations with bb8 and and it's awesome it's like well, as far as it, it bb8 seems to show a little more emotion than even r2 does which is good um, it, it not like so much you're like oh that's too much it's just like oh it's a newer version of the droids a little more intuitive a little more um, you know he's a BB-8 model I'm sure he's, I don't think he's a new god that's going to nerd me out here I don't know if he's a new model of the Astromech series but um, <laughs> oh, it's a new it's a new toy for everyone to buy well I mean they struck freaking gold on that because everybody likes BB-8 yeah and, um, I'd say he's a favorite character, non-droid character that I say is favorite, um, and I'll challenge you on that one. Uh, is oh god, Finner, both Finn and Ray did a really nice job, and Kylo Ren is a great. I hate. I'm not gonna go with the bat. I'm gonna say, you know what? I think my favorite new character might be Ray. She did. That was a good character. It's huh. a good character. I, I I know it's the ultimate good guy, but or gal. Um, but uh, they did such a good job with the character. You really were pulling for her, and I think she played it well. So yeah, I like I liked Finn a lot. I like Kylo Ren a lot as a bad guy. Um, yeah, but B- I mean, if you're gonna say across the board any character, yeah, BB-8 probably steals the show. Humanoid character, ooh, that guy's tough. I like all three of the new people, and I like Poe Dameron. I didn't get enough of to say I really like him that much. He's okay. Mm-hmm. Don't dislike him, but he didn't get a chance to leave a good mark. Yeah, uh, Kylo Ren is a great villain too. Oh, Kylo Ren's fantastic. Uh, Finn is a lot of fun, lots of more humor than I thought maybe from that character. Oh, uh, it's also the best, uh, like a uh, parody Twitter account is uh, emo Kylo Ren. <laughs> it is amazing. Oh, uh, I'm gonna have to do that. I have to look that up. Uh, Kylo Ren is a good is a good bad guy, and I you know and I like the villains too, even the se- even the secondary and third villains. So I'm in, I'm sold. Yeah, Hux, General General Hux, and we'll see more General. Supreme Emperor Snoke. 
Snoke is still a bit of a mystery, um, but I like the idea of it. Uh, Kyle Ren, solid, moody, little emo bad guy. Um, totally. Right? Well, done, well done, and they even slip him a couple jokes. Yeah. Which is hard to do without it taken away from him being a bad guy, but they're very subtle with it. Um, and General Hux is kind of um, a younger, maybe a little more petulant Tarkin, almost. Yeah. Um, not to be too parallel for it, but he's definitely his own personality, but I like that. And then, again, Captain Phasma, I feel like they're going to do something big with her in the future, but um, not enough of her in it to get a good feel. Kind of, She's like the Poe Dameron of the bad guys. Don't hate her. Don't think it's a bad move. Think it's a solid character, just didn't get enough to get my, you know, get my brain around it. Maybe that will change after a second viewing, or third viewing, or fourth viewing, yeah, or eighth. So, <laughs> or, or, are you gonna see uh, Trey Lanchero's movie Picudos uh, eight times? You're already uh, at number two, apparently. I have seen it twice. Uh, our film this week, um, we ventured into yet new territory yet again because that's what we do. Um, we went full tilt Spanish language movie, no subtitles. And not be, not like we didn't turn on the subtitles. There's no subtitles, so there's no option. So and uh, neither Mike nor myself are particularly uh, super bilingual. No, no, few words. Uh, no words here and there, just because you know you live in Texas, you can pick uh, up something. Chingate, maybe. Um... But uh, the film we watched is called Three Lancheros Muy Vicados. Um, Roughly trans to two, translates to three crazy boatmen, three very crazy boatmen. Um, it it doesn't trans. It's kind of a weird. Uh, is language correct? But it doesn't translate well. Yeah. So, uh, but it's basically three cra- three very crazy boatmen. So, <laughs> uh, and they are they're three very crazy boatmen. Uh, it's pretty much the theme of the whole movie. Um, so it is kind of, how to describe it, kind of a screwball comedy. Yes. But it's got some dark moments and a, lot, a little bit of death in it. Well, so, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, it was I the 80s. Of, I mean, that's I mean, true, but I'm thinking, are there American screwball comedies where they show somebody get plugged one in the ear and the blood come out of the pavement? Yeah. Granted, the quality of effect was not, um, you know, tip top, but, uh, Anyway, let me just uh, let me just cue it up here a little bit and just give you a taste of kind of what you're expecting. of music and vocals kind of like in the credits there's a lot of action in the credits in this movie too um so i'm gonna have to consult my notes this was more of a challenge than well it wasn't a challenge to watch it you can follow it pretty easily that's the thing Uh, the one thing that i could say about this movie um is that um you don't really need to understand the language to understand what's going on. 
you can there's a couple spots that I could probably done with a little bit of translation just to kind of get the particulars but I I, pieced, I think I've written down what I pieced together as the plot um, I know I mean I know the plot part but there's a couple oh sides. you should have just looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes uh well that'd be cheating oh okay alright well so what's the plot I'll, I'll grade you on the plot Alright, let me see how close I got. I'm not saying I I mean if if I wasn't doing this for posterity, I probably would look it up. Um <clears throat> okay, so my notes are gonna start vague, but they'll get more specific. Okay, shenanigans on beach. Uh guy parasailing flies in the building. They're running a scuba scam so they can get with the ladies, or at least one of the guys is. And the main guy who's running the scam is Roberto. He has his friend Armando. And eventually they meet up with a little guy named Tuntun. Tuntun, as they say, I think. Um, and Roberto kind of takes this guy's girlfriend out to scuba dive, and he basically kind of... It wouldn't, they wouldn't, they didn't have sex, but they kind of just grind and rope. No, um, they're having sex. They just can't show it. Okay, so there's implied sex, even though it's it's not, but it's there. It's some under, uh, underwater sex. Underwater scuba... He Basically, the scam that Roberto's running is that he... Uh, takes your girlfriend out to the water, scuba dives, and while you're scuba diving, <laughs> he has sex with them. Well, or uh, rapes, rapes them. Let's... All right, however, you, which way you want to go. Um, then, of course, he's out doing that, and the boyfriend goes out with scuba gear and sticks a trident in his butt. Um, yeah, and right away I knew it was like, okay, there we it's go. one of these movies. Yeah, that's no, so So, <clears throat> this, this is all lead up to show he's kind of a goof and scoundrel and ladies' man, kind of. Uh, he, so he goes. He's a ladies' man in Mexico. I don't know how that. And, well, this is. I mean, works it, it, in other places, but it sure uh, worked in Mexico for him. And you know what? You should think about think about like the heartthrobs in the early '80s, though. Even in the U.S., they weren't, you know, what you'd think. Well, uh, but they weren't like no, skinny, they, leathery, forty-five-year-old dudes with with permanents. <laughs> no, um, I did get a. Uh, I did get a, a letter via Pony Express from our correspondent. Oh, yeah? And he refers to that man as Mexican Conway Twitty. Okay. I can see so, it with the hair. It's the hair. I think it's just the hair. Um, but solely, but just for purposes of recognition, that's how often he's referred to. Um, so Roberto, and this is where I kind of get more to plot, he goes to pick up a girlfriend it seems like you think just one girlfriend at this point but he goes to pick up his girlfriend at the airport and they're in Acapulco and they do the classic two bags look alike one's got big bag of drug money and one's like his luggage or her luggage and they accidentally pick up the drug money and go back to like the apartment of the hotel and uh, meanwhile the drug dealer guy finds that this bag there just got clothes and shit in it and he's going through it and he finds like these pictures of this lady's man like flexing for his girlfriend and the letter that has his address and so they're gonna go find him and get their money back I don't know they have the money for like he's had the money for like 10 well minutes. okay so there's some things you missed um they were uh parasailing this dude oh I forgot the parasailing guy yeah so the little guy and the two dudes were parasailing and I think it turns out later that the guy that was parasailing was like the mob boss. Well, or yeah, a, was, one of the mob bosses. It got confusing. Well, no, no, he was the main Mr. Big, the guy with the hat. The Tun Tun guy was running a parasailing business and he wasn't paying attention and the guy flew off and crashed into a building. 
Yeah, and, and, he cut I, and it was like it was like Kool Aid Man crashing. Those brick, those bricks. There was no concrete between any of those bricks. <laughs> he flew into a building made of foam bricks. Yeah, <laughs> and then they cut bait and they they hauled ass. And when Tundun turns around and sees there's nobody, like he's like, "Oh crap!" And he just gets this, he gets a machete out and hacks the line. He's like, "Let's go, cut bait." Gun bait. Well, you do find out later that was like the big drug, the drug boss. So it's not a guy you. But uh, coincidentally, because he is a drug boss, there there was to be drugs to be exchanged, and like some big looking, uh, what did I call him? Uh, he was the guy, looked, the guy looked like Gerardo. Uh yeah no um not yeah uh give me a second I have his name here in my notes. Um, I didn't catch that guy. Mexican name. Brendan Fraser. That's who I thought he looked yes. like. Yes, yeah, that's a pretty good. So, uh, he was supposed to, like, he has his drugs he was taking to his boss, but apparently that wasn't his carry-on, and he still had to claim baggage. So, like any smart person would do, he left it laying out in the middle of the airport to go get his claim luggage, just like some some trollop. That the Mexican Conway Twenty uh, was picking up from the airport as well, and uh, and and lo and behold, they had the same bags, and it was like your classic switch, right? Yeah. Now that first trollop, not all trollops, but the trollop was Rosario. That's I got did catch her name in the uh, in the talking. So the Rosario's bag and the drug bag, drug bag or drug money bag looked a lot like were exactly alike, and they both left them in the middle of the airport unattended. So, um, they take, uh... They, they take Mexican Brendan Fraser's money. Yeah, and they go back to the house, and apparently, like, Mexican Conway Twitty either had a kid, or it was, like, the neighbor kid. It was the neighbor kid. Alright, so, basically, he he starts, like, getting it on with the lady in the trollop, and the kid is, like, watching the whole thing. And we were like, uh, we were accosted to this scene of this kid going, "Yeah, all right." Well, like this this leathery, <laughs> leathery, cunningly twitty guy was was just boning this large hipped uh, trollop. And when we say that like they're having sex, it's the most non-sexual scene you can think of. No, which it's a lot of like grinding and like ooh and making surprise faces. It's like eighties. It's it's like eighties and um. And this is where I gotta kind of take a moment here because I have seen a Swedish movie that's like this. <laughs> uh, it was along the same lines. It was either Swedish or German. It was. I remember watching it late night on Showtime, like at one o'clock in the morning. That's where they would show. Now, did it have subtitles or was it dubbed? I believed it was subtitled. Okay. It was subtitled. But, alright, so this movie, um, so when I was a kid, I, I couldn't sleep very well, and so I would just wake up and watch TV and then sleep next to the TV, like, and wake up in the morning, and and some nights I would be able to, like, you know, watch some cool movies, and other nights, it, like, I'd be able to watch screwball sex comedies, and uh, this, this Swedish or German one, this, this Bavarian one, um, dealt with uh, a guy who couldn't get it up, um, and is married to this this big hulking lady, and uh, and he proceeds to use the methods of science to construct uh, 
a, essentially a Spanish fly or some kind of remedy. A Viagra, really. It was before the age of penis pills. So it was like this comedy of like this stuff working on, on with, with unintended consequences of random people or people that shouldn't hook up, hook up. And it was like, you know, you get a boob scene and then they move on and like, whoa, oh, something happened. And it was all in this like Bavarian like setting and stuff like that. And that's what that reminded me of this movie. Was like, I think I can see them doing a movie like that. These guys. Yeah, it was like... It was like language I didn't understand, a plot that was poorly constructed, and then a rotating scene of boobs, which we'll see here, because we've already seen two. Um, two pair. As Joe Bob Briggs would say. Two pair, two kind. I don't know what the total numbers are. I'm not going to go back and count the total numbers Joe Bob style, so you're just going to have to figure it out yourself. There's a lot of boobs. In this There's case. a lot of boobs and, and, and female tits. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Yeah, there are three guys in this that are total boobs. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's what this movie like reminded me of. And then, and then, see, you skipped over like they started seductively eating bananas together. <laughs> no, well, no, it did, we didn't start with the bananas. That was like in dead middle of the scene. It's like, like all of a sudden she's like rubbing a banana on her face. And then she's, like, eating a banana. I'm like... And not that there's a good way to do that, but it is the dumbest thing. It is pretty dumb. Then, I mean, like, okay, if I was Mexican Conway Twitty, I I would I'd just stop everything and say, what, what are you doing? It's like, okay, she's being sensual, but then she's like, oh, do you want a banana? And he's like, no, thank you, I'm not hungry. Exactly. Uh, I've already <laughs> had lunch today. It's like, what? And then they go back doing? to, like like grinding and doing whatever in front of the neighbor kid who's outside the window yeah uh, that was uncomfortable the banana knows i mean comedy Twitty likes to make these big goofy eyes and then there's all this like it's it's the strangest thing um it's very entertaining to an extent but it's also just bizarre but yeah she's in the middle of like they're like halfway into the business and she's like oh hey do you want a banana and he's like no i'm good thanks and then <laughs> meanwhile the kids cheering him on and they don't notice it yeah yeah but then he they get done and he uh, is he's gonna, he just carries around the bag full of money. He shows uh, up to his friend and then they go to cockfights. That, that was the thing. It's like okay, what are they? Because first you don't know what they're doing. Like they're at a thing and like you could tell they're betting money because they keep setting on the table. And his friend's like, no, no, bet more, bet more. And then he puts out a big chunk of money. And then you're like, what are they? What are they? I wrote down what are they blowing this money on? Cockfights. <laughs> cockfights. They are lit. He's he's betting them like I'm guessing from my rough translation like half a million to a million dollars on a cockfight. Ah, uh, uh, I knew when we started doing child and then talking about. I knew, I knew the FBI was listening in. Was like, no, That's we're talking it. about a terrible Mexican movie. Damn it, <laughs> we're not exchanging pictures. No, we are talking about how flummoxed and befuddled that we are that the filmmaker would let a kid which they probably edited it out to make it look like he was actually watching it but he probably wasn't watching it and i again stress these sex scenes are you're losing using that term very very although some of the dudes on the beach were wearing some 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 pee huggers for well, for real i was a little creeped out i was creeped out more by that actually they were going international style oh god no <laughs> just all curly and Ugh. There was a lot of uh, um, 
banana hammocks. Mm, I would say more of a like a green pea hammock or. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially not, with these guys, I don't know what kind of diseases they're they're traveling with. No, we're not talking about necessarily like one to one ratios or anything. We're just saying, you know, in general, some yeah, snug undergarment, well, swimming garments, undergarments, and uh, our the lead character drops his pants like the drop of a hat. So, <laughs> you know. Oh God, yeah. So all right, so let's see. They so they Larry Zonka showed up in this movie. Larry Zonka look-alike, uh, Mexican Larry Zonka, shows up because, uh, well, basically, they're at the cockfight losing money. Uh, they leave poor Rosario home, like, she's, at, like, cooking or doing something. And I don't mean that to sound uh, chauvinistic, but she's actually, they show her cooking. Yeah, uh, I mean, so it is what it is. And at one point, just in between, as an interlude, they show you, like, Tun-Tun, like, making a run to Acapulco to hide. Or he's going somewhere else to hide, but you hear this little number. Kind of sounds like Zelda music. They kind of uh, take some liberties with some music. Or, no, it was all made on a Casio, except for, like, one scene. But uh, they kind of sound like, like when you go in and get recharged in Zelda. There's like one scene where they actually use the fight of the Valkyries. Uh, oh my god. Um, somewhere amidst all this, Tuntun is using a, what the hell would you call it, a power glider? Yeah. So Tuntun is a little person. Yes, a midget for those who live in the north. For those who live in the north, he's a midget. But he is flying at one point to escape. Um, he is flying a para, a powered like para, uh, paraglider glider thing. He's wearing flight goggles and he's having a very hard time flying it. And he flies around for a good portion of the first part of the movie, just like out of control. At one point, even flying past the window of the guy, he flew into a building. That comes later. Um, so Rosario is like cooking. And cooking lunch or something, and uh, Mexican Larry Zonka shows up. Is this, is it, am I in, in the correct spot here? I think I am. Yeah. Uh, he shows up with another goon, and well, actually shows up with uh, Mexican Brendan Fraser, and they like come in. They're like, "Hey, where is Roberto and our money?" And she's like, "I don't know." And they start like he cuts her nostril for some reason, and. Uh, then they're like, you tell us where they are. And she kind of kicks the one guy in the balls. She kicks Larry Zonka in the balls. And um, kind of defend herself from him. But then they're like going to smother her with a pillow. And they're like, where is he? And they let her breathe. And like, where is he? And then like they, for some reason, they just go ahead and smother her without getting an answer. Yeah, they just up and killed her. Up and killed her. And I think the one, I think Mexican Larry Zonka was kind of saying, hey, we didn't get our answer, dummy. Yeah. yeah. So... Hothead kills her. And meanwhile, um, uh, Roberto and Armando, his buddy, are just walking around with the rest of the money on their shoulder. And um, let's see here. They show back up to the apartment and they're like, hey, they're kind of like, he's already trying to explain what happened to part of the money. He's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And this guy told me to do it. And my buddy's an idiot. And, and then they try to wake her up, and he's like, oh, she's dead. And she's like, no, she's not dead. She's asleep. And then they're like, oh, she's dead. And then the goons come out. And there's a whole lot of fast-running Benny Hill style. And that's where, it like, I was like, okay, I know what's going on now. 
It's been uh, hill all the way. Didn't like somebody jump through a window? Because that's what happened a lot too. That's how they escaped. They jumped out the window. They did it a couple times. They dove through the front window and then like ran fast style. In the meantime, uh, Tun has showed up to come talk to Roberto about I'm not sure hiding out or you know, getting some help. And he's like, oh crap! And so he fast runs down the stairs. Um, and so that now all three of them are kind of on the run. So now it's just them on the run getting into hijinks. Well, and they lost the money at this point because the guys took the rest of the money back. But they'd blown a million or so on the cockfight, so they're still going to get killed or beat up or well, they're beat oh, up. Uh, is that where the uh, is that where the Mexican Bruce Lee showed up? There's and there's an odd amount of weird little scenes where there's kung fu. Um, yeah, and they're wearing acid wash, like waist high acid wash jeans. And then they kind of do a whole choreograph fight. At some point, um, you see that the bad guys have some goons that get into it with some other goons, and they have like a karate fight. Yeah, which, it's not. It's not a horrible. Karate. I just it feels like they're let's just throw everything at them. So that was unrelated to like them running away. Um, later on, the Bruce Lee guys come back. Um, they go fast, run away, drive out the window. They don't have much money, so they hit up Ton Ton for some cash. And they buy bus tickets to go somewhere to get away from the bad guys. And, I think it was Mexico City. And this is where Ton Ton ends up in the power glider. He, um, they're going to go to Mexico City, and they buy Ton Ton a child's ticket. And when they're going to get on the bus, they stop and they're like, you're not a kid, and they throw him out of line. And so he gets left behind. So he then somehow wrangles up his power glider and proceeds to try to get to Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, so on the on the drive, there's a there's the grant there's a grandma behind him that looks like the granny from Looney Tunes. Or the Where's the Beef People? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, this guy's telling the story about how he's hooking up with a lady, and in the flashback, it's a bunch of banana hammocks and boobs. Um, they both actually tell they both have these letters from their their girlfriends and they both <laughs> their girlfriends in Mexico City I mean <laughs> their girlfriends in Mexico City because they have a lot of girlfriends and they're both basically they're on the bus and they're both kind of like yeah here's this letter from my girl and here's this letter from my girl and here's how we end your filthy dirty letters and the little lady's like ooh and like get and she's like oh and then what happened and then they whisper to her and she's like, oh, and she spit, does a spit take and all this stuff. Yeah, but, I love the spit take. But the kicker is their whole idea is like, we're going to go to Mexico City. We both know these women who totally think we're just total, you know, Lotharios and they'll just let us crash with them. And it's mainly the, the second banana guy, um, Armando. He's like, no, I know this lady. Let's go there. She'll let us stay with her. She totally's into me. No worries. And so he's, they seriously just like walk into that lady's house. I know, right? They're just like, hello. And then she's there, and then he just drops Trout out of the blue. Well, and that's not, and the funny part was he wasn't even the one who was a, the boyfriend from the letter. He's just like, uh, just drops his pants. And starts grabbing at her. I'm like, damn. He starts grabbing her. Well, the other guy's grabbing at her, too, and that was the guy who said he was with her. And now I'm not sure if they just thought they could both, I don't know what they thought they were doing. <clears throat> but she's like, whoa, 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 I don't remember you. And he's like, yeah, sure you do. I'm the one. He's talking about how great he was and talking to Big Storm. Meanwhile, she's got, like, Balrog living with her. Uh, no, that's 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 Me- Mexican Lou Ferrigno. I was also, I did, or I was, Luis Ferrigno. <laughs> All right, so Luis Ferrigno. 
uh, is her boyfriend. So she keeps telling him, she's like, no, you're full of shit. You better get out of here. And they're kind of on their way out. And then he, they see the boyfriend and he comes down and he's going to just womp their ass. You know it. And so they try to be like, no, we're just your friends. We, we were just asking some innocent stuff and we're on our way, we're on our way, we're on our way. And then he's like, oh yeah, well, how'd you know her name? And that's the only part I, I caught a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they're like trying to him and haul their way around. And so he's like, okay, well you're going to box. He's like, you know, we're going to box for the, you know, cause I want to or whatever. And so the second banana jerkwad friend is like, gives the mittens to Roberto. And he's like, here, you fight him. And he's like, jab, 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 come on. And then he like swats at him with the gloves by like swinging them on the string. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Frigno looking dude, uh, just bonks him on the head with his glove, the old fist to the top of the head move. Oh, yes, uh, from uh, They Call Me Trinity. Um, yes, when, the old yeah. Bonk, the good old classic bonk. And uh, he, you hear the little birds chirping and whatever else, and he's kind of passed out in the corner. And then meanwhile, uh, they start, he punches them and knocks him out for a minute. And then the other friend is trying to talk his way out of it and proceeds to, like, Try to beg off a frig, no beating him up, and then the girl kicks him in the balls and punches him. And there's a lot of ball kicks too in this movie. A lot of ball kicks. The women do a because certain... the lady who died earlier kicked another dude in the balls. Yeah, the lady who died tr- did put up a valiant effort at first, um, and so this lady kicks the the guy who had claimed that she was all into him. She kicks him in the balls, punches him, and then Frigno grabs him by his his uh, belt and whips him out onto a car, and then. Uh, the other guy gets up. He's like, "No, no, no! Don't trouble yourself." And he grabs his own, the back end of his own pants, and throws himself out. And he's like, "Hey!" And then you know, you might as well get one of you know the you know. Uh... I'm surprised that actually wasn't in the movie. Now that I'm thinking about it. So basically, it kind of rinse and repeats for five or six times. There's they the same get... deal. They get in the hijinks. Like the one guy meets up with the little person, and they get on hijinks. And the other guy gets on hijinks, and it's just kind of like, it's like a skit TV show. That's where it was full-on Benny Hill for me. Well, I mean, like, the ongoing plot for the movie was that the main guy, uh, he finds, they walk up on a street kung fu fight for some reason. That has they just, a lot of coincidences in this movie. So they do. They watch this guy get his neck broken. The ladies come check on him. Turns out Robert knows this other woman, Linda, who's the second main interest for him. And she apparently doesn't hate his guts and so she's like hey come with me blah 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 and they're talking and he asks something like are you a prostitute or something along those lines yeah and she's really not she's kind of more of um a pimp because she then gets him into gigolo work to earn back money um and i'm sure if it's to pay those guys off or he's just oh so i thought that this movie that pretty woman ripped off this movie the way that I thought he was buying clothes for her because I thought she was a prostitute. And it looked a lot of like the scene that was in Pretty Woman that came out a year after this movie came out. Ooh, interesting. So now, I'm... She, um, she didn't hire him to like... She didn't like take him out and buy him nice clothes. She kind of brought him on as... Because um, apparently he's so desirable. As a gigolo that works for her. Oh. She bought him nice clothes because she wanted to be able to charge a lot for him. And so he, that's when he did the whole pretty woman scene where he's coming out dressed in different outfits. See, now, I, okay, all right. So I thought it was, 
I still think it's a ripoff because I like that. But well, I mean, it's just a it's a gender reversal. That's about it. Um, I, well, not really. I guess he didn't ever pimp out Julia Roberts. But, um, no, it's in that sense, it's a role reversal. But in the plot sense, she's actually like whoring them out to people. Um, ah, good. In the nicest sense of that word. Um, and apparently he's in high demand because he makes a suitcase full of money. In the meantime, Armando and Tuntun have gone off in the quest to make some money, make some scratch for themselves. Um, and they landed in a gay bar. <laughs> amongst other places. Uh, some of their uh, their hijinks include... Uh, gay Blue Doo and Gay Navy Midget. Uh, Which see. is fine. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that's what they are. I mean, that's fine. At some point, uh, well, I like Bluto uh, from <laughs> on Popeye. His way, on his way to Mexico City, Tuntun in his flying glider thing flies right past the window of the crime boss. Yeah, he tries. He takes shots at him too. He takes shots at him and he flies away. He's like, ha ha ha. Yeah, he's laughing his little ass off. And so Armando and Tuntun get up to no good. They try to like steal some stuff from a department store and get chased around by a security guard. Then they then they're like all worn out and they go to get blood, which is a strange little sequence. Um, and they get blood and he's like, "It's just a little needle. Don't worry about it." And they go in. And there's these two guys, with these giant needles. Oh, and, that's another running gag. And so then they get out. Because every time they donate blood. The guys in the hospital turn more and more into vampires. <laughs> they do. It gets a little worse every time. And so they go get blood. Uh, first they eat, and they're out of money. Then they go to try to steal some stuff and pull a scam, and they get in trouble. And so they go. Get, it doesn't work, so they go get blood and get some money. Then they decide they're going to go and apparently rob, like, a drag queen bar. <laughs> yep. With, and with Pluto and a, and a Navy midget. Well, and they go in, and, like, there's a tall guy, there's a big guy, and a little Navy midget guy. And they're like, hey, look who just walked in. And it's like, they're pairing them up already. Meanwhile, there's, it looks like what are ladies dancing, but it turns out they're drag queens. Um, dancing on the, out on the floor to something. And um, they come in, and they kind of play along like they're scamming them. But then um, Tonton starts dancing with the little guy. And he... No, and the, all right. The big guy grabs the regular size guy and makes him dance with him, yeah. and then the little guy, the little the navy guy, just totally like forces uh, Tonton to dance with him. And finally, Tonton has enough of that shit and pulls out a gun and starts and starts blasting off shots in the air. Tonton didn't take it as a um, compliment that he was liked by the little guy. Yeah, which is a shame, really. I it's mean, a shame. He wasn't very accepting. So he pulls out a pistol and fires in the air. And then it turns out Armando, the tall guy, has one too. And they're like, all right, start giving us all your stuff. And they're trying to, like, ro- purse robbing them kind of thing. And in the meantime, all of a sudden, the cops come running in. And it's mayhem. And they get a paddy wagon. And they put Tuntun and Armando. And in somehow the they magically change it to drag. <laughs> and they put him in the back of the truck. And they're back there, and they're having arguments like he tried to rob us, and blah 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 blah. Meanwhile, they throw this big ruckus in the back, and then the, they open the doors, and out runs Armando, dressed as a lady, and Tuntun dressed as a lady, and yet everybody who was in there is still dressed the same. So, whatever. Uh, and they get out, and then fast run away. Yada yada yada. Um, and trying to remember if they had another scam after that, but they end up back at the blood bank again. And then this time. 
and it's not so much Tun Tun. I think. It's oh wait, 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 wait! Before we move on, oh. the the Navy midget did the worm on stage, and I thought that was hilarious. Okay, yes, he did. He they kind of he kind of got into a dance off with Tun Tun for a minute. Yeah, because Tun Tun started doing some stuff, and then he bounced him out of the dance floor, and then the little uh, Navy person came in. So so uh, while that was happening, the, the breaking little breaking. Yeah. Um. So yeah, <laughs> breakish. Break it, and uh, then they end up back at the blood bank, and I believe it's Armando, the tall guy, who gets the worst of it, because Tendon seems to be doing all right, but every Uh time they hook up the tall guy, like, first it's big needles, but then, like, the third time, they're, like, hooked, they're tapping into his vein, and then the guy's, like, siphoning it like it's a car tank, like, he's siphoning gas, and he's just dumping blood into this giant jar. It's a running, it's a running guy. And then they start looking more and more like vampires. It's supposed to be, like, he's losing all this blood. Yeah. And for some reason, like, he's in there passed out from giving blood, and they come in and decide to use him in a medical experiment. Yeah, it's like, what? And I don't know exactly what they did to him, but anyway, he got the worst of it. Um, So they end up back at somebody's apartment, and he's crashed on the couch. And meanwhile, the friend of Linda, who's with Roberto, who's kind of his pimp, her friend comes by to see... I don't know why she came. Maybe it's her apartment. So she comes by there, and she sits like a pie on the table, and Tun Tun eats the pie. Oh, yeah. First, while, while we see a shower scene. While you, they show her taking a shower while she's cleaning up. Tun Tun is tempted by the pie, eats the whole pie. She comes out. It's like, hey, you little bastard. You ate the pie. And uh, that was that scene. for whatever. So, and meanwhile, like... Um... They try to take money from this boy. No. <laughs> and he'd turn around Blue Whistle, and then a football team showed up out of nowhere. Uh, that was the Vinius Hill scene of them all. And then they chased him. And I'm no, like, they, steal, they stole his chicharron. Oh, yes. What's a chicharron? Uh, fried pork skin. He was eating a big fried pork skin. Oh, wow. Basically, he was eating a giant pork rind, and they wanted the pork rind. And so they... And then a football team chased him away. They took a pork rind from a kid, and he whistled for a giant football team, American football team. Not American as they were American, but it was American football, not soccer. And they then did the full Benny Hill chase number. And then he ends up in a wheelchair, and he's running down the hill. It's his whole thing. So while that was going on, why did that one guy get arrested? Uh, which guy? The, um... Roberto? Yeah. Okay, so in the meantime, uh, Roberto's been getting pimped out. He's making all his money. Uh, his Linda, his pimp slash friend slash girlfriend, has to go talk to her boss. And mm-hmm. so she goes by to talk to her boss, who happens to be the guy who flew into the building with the hat. and He's the crime boss. So she's talking to him, and he's trying to put the moves on her. And she's like, no, no, I've got somebody. I've already got this. And she basically kind of p- passes Roberto off as like her new boss. It's like, oh, he's really tough, and he's out there in the car, and, you know. And the guy looks out the window, and he sees him, and then he looks at his file, and he's got the stupid posing pictures from Roberto's luggage, his old girlfriend's luggage, where he's, like, flexing and stuff. And he's like, that's the bastard who stole my money. (laughs) And so then he starts fighting with her, and I think there's a ball kick in there. And he gets a knife out. They like to use knives in this one. And... uh, they struggle around for a little bit. Roberto's up at the window trying to get in there. He's telling the woman next door to call the police because something's going on. And Anyway, she gets stabbed, like, right in the back. And he throws her out the window because 
they throw people out the windows all the time in this. And she gets pitched out the window. Uh, he then catches her, but then he puts his hand on the knife, and that's why he got arrested. And uh, the neighbor lady then came back around and saw him holding the woman with the knife in her back and assumed he did it. And so they were going to arrest him at that point. And they hook him to a steering wheel, which he promptly pulls off the car. Yeah, I'm like, who rides in the front seat of a cop car? Well, he like did. That. And he yanks the steering wheel off, and then he's got it hooked to his hand. And for some reason, he runs into the bad guy's house. And Tun Tun is there, and they've caught up to him at this point. And he unlocks it with his teeth and gets the handcuff off. And then, like, basically fight all the goons of the bad guy successfully. A lot of dodging bullets and shooting plants and throwing people out windows and throwing a guy off the roof. And anyway, they go through all that shit. Yeah, one of the karate guys had a sword in the back of his jacket. Oh, that's right. Uh, Tun Tun has got himself a miner's pick, not unlike what you see in Pitfall. Mm -hmm. Or uh, Pickaxe Pete, if you're familiar. And he's not doing a whole lot with it. Uh, meanwhile, you got a guy who's obviously at least trained in martial arts where he's just kind of just doing demonstrations of like using the sword. He's dancing around, spinning around, watching the sword most of the time because he's probably maybe not as adept as you <laughs> uh, one would hope. He, I mean, if you're going to sword fight somebody, you shouldn't be watching your hand to make sure you're doing the sword right. You should probably be worrying about your opponent. Anyway, even if it's ton-ton with the pickaxe. And so there's never really, like, an interplay with the two weapons. And then he switches to a big stick for some reason and does much the same thing, spinning around, demoing it. Um, and at this point, Tundum is kind of fending him off. Uh, but at this point, Mexican Conway Twitty, Roberto, has done away with the big boss, thrown him off the roof. He has his gun. Yeah. And, um, he just through sheer luck because the gun jammed and then he got the gun from him and threw the guy off the roof and so now he's got the gun he fixes the jam and they do the a la Indiana Jones the guys dance around spin the stick around and then he, uh, Roberto just plugs him <laughs> at which point Tun Tun is mad but he's like I had it under control you know what are you doing you know I had the guy right where I wanted him um, and then you've got uh, Armando is kind of dealing with a couple of the other dudes and there's one guy who apparently knows karate I think it might be um what was it? Mexican Larry Zonka? Uh, maybe. I think so. Uh, one of the guys, the mustached guy, he's fighting with him. And uh, he is like doing that whole karate, like stancing. Like, and like doing a little kind of arm movements and setting up to fight. Yeah. And the, the you know, screwball just kind of is making up shit as he goes and he accidentally just he accidentally stumbles into a move and knocks the guy out yeah and so that settles that and then the police come and they take all the bad guys away and the cops stand in meanwhile Armando can't help but brag about his prowess and the fighting he's like yeah and he's doing this and he's going on and then he's trying to show the cop what he did and he in turn knocks the cop out with his own move yeah, and, uh, and then he's like oh crap and uh Meanwhile, um, we missed one thing, though. Somewhere along the way, Roberto was doing something, and this woman got out of the car, and he was like, hey, you want to 
have a good time. It's like 500 bucks. And she's like, oh, 500 bucks. Yeah, Vice Cop. And then he ran away. It was Vice Cop. And uh, she's like, I'm police. And he's like, ah! And he runs down, runs away. And she's like, 500 bucks for that guy? She's the only one who said anything like that. The, uh, did you, did, was, was she the same lady that he eventually hooked up with at the end of the movie? No, no. The la- he um, eventually, what happens is the lady got stabbed in the back, I just assume was dead. But um, he goes, Linda survives. She's in the hospital. Yeah, he goes to see her. Yeah, that's right. He goes to see her, and he starts kind of, you know, starting to get a little too hanky. And the nurse walks in and is like, I better leave those two alone. But then she comes back, and like a minute later, and is like, that's enough of this crap. This is the hospital. What are you doing? (laughs) Gives him what for. And then they're talking about it. He's like, yeah, I still got all the money. And, you know, apparently he still has the money. And somebody says something about blah, 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 Hollywood. And he's like, ooh, Hollywood. Hollywood. And then they go back. And they go to a Hollywood bar in Acapulco and have a nice time. And uh, he's dancing with Linda, and her friend is now dancing with the um, Armando. Tundun's around grabbing ladies' butts. And, um, oh, meanwhile, this thing's going on. The credits are rolling. They're showing, like, the certain, like the, the uh, water ski show people in Acapulco. And who shows up to get more blood but the two blood bank doctors. And they come in after Armando, and he takes off and runs across the bridge and they're just chasing him with giant needles and he he stops after he crosses this bridge and drinks some the bridge joins like these two bars look kind of like a cool bar and he gets a drink and he drinks this person's drink off the table and he throws it in the face of the two doctors and he runs off and there you have uh three lancheros muy picados (sighs) wow um wow yeah, I texted Tim after I saw it, and I was like, "It's it's it's the Kinks come dancing on repeat with Benny <laughs> with Benny Hill and Harry Muff," and I stand hey. I stand by that. Stand by that statement. Um, yeah, the uh, the I got a telegram in here from a correspondent. He said, <laughs> uh, "It's weird. It, wherever he is stuck, he has the oldest timey connection." So, he, anyway, I got, I'm pulling it out it's, um, it says he was able to engage the film more because he was fighting so hard to try to interpret what they were saying <laughs> he said the language bearer actually forced him to engage in the plot more than he may have <laughs> so there is this is an interesting way to look at it yeah and I think it lends to his point of they kind of makes them an art house movie because there's a language barrier um and you can read, you can make as much, you can make it as deep or as shallow as you like. Yes, but if you do go deep, make sure you don't get raped by scuba diving hornball men. Yeah, well, basically, you probably won't. If you're a male, you probably won't. What you don't want to do is pay for scuba time for your lady. Yeah. Out with this. And then not go out with her to the ocean. Yeah, it's like you, you should have just gone with her and maybe the guy wouldn't have pulled the stunts he did. But Mexican Conway Twitty, uh, and Roberto, as he's probably properly known, uh, he, that, he basically is going to take your lady out and, uh, you know, put the moves on her. Boing. But, uh, you know, that is, it's a strange movie. Um, the origin of finding this movie is I, uh, I actually found this movie despite it being, this was a, a write-in request from our correspondent. Yeah. Um, he, uh, would have liked to have been here, but again, he's international. He gets stuck. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's being on the lamb as well from, uh, another overlord in 
Uh, he's having to take odd jobs as well, but we were able to stay in contact. So, and we've we've dispatched Tun Tun to help. So, we've, so that uh, you just got the tap. You just got the title of the Epidus. <laughs> we've dispatched Tun Tun to help. No, we just we've dispatched Tun Tun. <laughs> dispatched Tun Tun. He's on his he's on our way to our correspondent in a powered glider. Um, as his as his preferred mode of transportation. And at the end of the movie, he's actually in it, cooking away. Uh, to go over to... Took it away? Is he making drugs? No, but I mean, he's just kind of... He's got the handle of how to fly it at this point. So, um... And so he takes off, and he's like, All right, bye, see you, everybody. <laughs> goodbye, Tun Tun, goodbye! Get a little bit. This is both the opening and the close music. Um... Do not fast forward on this. No, don't fast forward this fight. Really. But, um... Anyway. Do we have anything else we need to add? Not not for not for uh, this movie. Do not fast forward. Uh, if you find it, uh, oh, subjugate yourself to it. Flea market for a dollar, and that's about the right price. Yeah. Ay, 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 ay. So, um, we have uh, one more thing left to do. We do have one more thing. And we would not be, uh, now, I didn't, I don't have butter rum, uh, I actually did not drink at all during this epidose. Uh, so, uh, but we're not one to buck tradition completely. Uh, and even though we don't have, like, physical gifts, we do have a gift exchange that we want to, uh, so, since, uh, since we're going to be busy relocating, the budget was a little short. Um, and, you know, we, we're doing all we can. Thanks for your support, everybody out there, for keeping us afloat for this free uh, podcast that we don't charge money and that we're not asking for money ever. We'll never ask for money. So, that said, our budget was tight. So, uh, this year, uh, our gift exchange is virtual. We're doing a virtual gift exchange. Virtual gift exchange. I'm, pu- I'm getting ready to send you your virtual gift right now. I know. I sent my. I, I sent the package via electronic delivery service. Uh, that uh, so I, I, I. Did you get the package? The package just showed up in my uh, handheld device here, and I'm going to send yours through the uh, magic of this uh, telecommunications program. Oh, do you, uh, can you maybe do it through electronic email? Yes. Okay. Let me see here. Let me just do one of these, and I will return. This is the magic of the internet. See, this is why we should do virtual gifts every year. Let me just back that out for just a minute. Because then it's like, what what do you really wish that you could get the other person? Instead of... Finding something that might match the person's personality at, say, uh, fine establishments like Half Price Books or Goodwill, which is still fun. But this year we're gonna we're gonna play we're gonna go to the land of make believe and and, and we're gonna 
we're gonna see what we if we had an unlimited budget, what we would get the uh, the other person. Ooh, there's several things in that one. Let me just do a reply, and I'll paste in mine. All right, those. And I pulled a couple out. Now, uh, it's not the quantity; it's the quality. Uh, so, but um, what we could do is that if like one person runs out, then we'll just kind of talk about the other ones. All right. So let me give you. I got. Two, I really just have. I really just have two that I think are, are worthy. Um, and I, let me just get this other one here. And she see you. Um, I and love I, it. The, I love wrapping presents. You're wrapping the present right now. I am. I am wrapping. You're it. virtually wrapping the present. I've I, never. You know. I'm never. I was never any good. And actually being, like, perfect in, on the side wraps. I used to be, but now it's just garbage. It's always puffy. It's not... There's no creases. It's just kind of junk wrapping. All right. So I... Speaking of which, while, while you're sending that, have you received and or sent um, Amazon... You bought something on Amazon and sent it as a gift, like, around the holiday time? Yes. It's like a special, like, burlap sack. It's like Christmas burlap sack they sent those gifts in. <laughs> I, Because I got two for my wife, and it was from Amazon. I was like, yes, it's a gift wrap package. And it showed up, and what was like some gold-foiled ribbon that, that tied together what looked like a purple burlap sack that just fit the size of the gift I was giving. I was like, I don't know if this is like traditionally looks awesome or if it looks like a old-timey, like, medicine water bottle <laughs> or did they just run out of like their materials and whip something together i'm sure it was a lot of cheaper for them to do to tie up a sack than to actually like yeah. uh do the wrap because of what i just said the wrapping i'm terrible at it anymore and you know what uh amazon is contributing to that but um and i don't know if we can re-gift the the wrapping i don't know if we'll save the wrapping from the <laughs> traditional burlap sack uh, wrapping that Amazon now sends out. So, alright, so we have our gifts. Alright, gifts are here. Alright, you want to start first, or should I? Let me do a couple, since I only sent you two. Alright, that's fair. Alright, so for my first one, I'm opening this one wrap, uh, crackle wrap tear. Yeah, yeah, fart. Fart, and appropriate for this one. It is a Sankuin funny gift emoji poo-shaped Pillow. Yeah. Our home or office. Ooh. Yeah. It's oh, um, four colors, mind you. The emoji poop, uh, the emoji poop is the sensation of the summer. The and f- it being winter, I figured what perfect time to send a, a pillow that's shaped like an emoji poop. And I will note that I have my choice of bare teeth emoji poop, mm-hmm. cool emoji poop, which is the poop wearing sunglasses. Oh. Any cute, which is the one you sent. And then mini saliva. Which uh, that's a wet poop. That's called. I uh, just had chili the oh, night before. He's got. He's looking off, like slyly to the left, and he's drooling. Yeah, maybe he's looking at the other one. He's like, I want to poop on that poop. That's something. I good. want to do poopception. The uh, okay. Well, that'll I'll put that on the uh, in my virtual office. Yeah. Um, let's see here, and we get, I'm gonna open this other gift here. Let me just unwrap, unwrap, wrap, wrap. Crackle, crackle, crackle. Tear, and this appears to be apparel. And we have fundies. Fundies are the underwear built for two. 
Man, this is a strange looking gift. Includes four legs and two rears, no fronts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and, and now I, I did not... Those um, fronts not included. No, so. I, I, I wanted to have this for the family. Um, well, whew. That'd be snug. So uh, I figured you, you and your lovely wife can share this gift together. And remember, when you're wearing the fundies together, think of me because oh, I got you this gift. It says this is a perfect classic gag gift, but it says unlike other gag gifts, you can imagine someone actually bringing these home and trying to use them. Ew. Maybe you shouldn't. Uh, see, the fact is made even more unbelievable because the package hasn't changed in 20 years. I mean, it just works. When it just works, you don't really need to change it. I feel like I've seen these at a... Um, uh, Spencer's. Come on. This is all Spencer's. I've seen these at a novelty or adult store in my lifetime. Oh, adult store. I haven't been to one in a while. I might go. Uh, they have a competitor knockoff brand called Undies for Two. Uh-huh. Gag and, novelty. And, and then they have... Oh, uh, that's something. They have one, Novelties Women Christmas Fundies Undies for Two, and they actually have models wearing them. Well, good for them. Good for them. I'm sure those are upstanding folks. Um, well, they're standing up, I guess. <laughs> um, Is she stepping on his toe, though? It doesn't... It, it just looks awkward more than anything. But anyway, the Christmas ones are red and green, so I may have to exchange these for the festive pair rather than classic um underwear built for two very nice all right you can go ahead and open one of yours i got looks like i have about three left here yeah crackle 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 charles what bunny charles bronson painting on wood campus panel that's right because when i have a death wish and i also wish everyone a happy easter what that and I don't have a lot of room. I want to be able to do both at once. Um, yeah. So, um, well, don't worry. I've saved this. We'll post some of these on the, the website. Um, the, um, so, uh, from the same guy, one of them is uh, uh, Adventure Time meets Turner and Hooch. <laughs> oh, my God. That's better. Damn it. <laughs> I was like... Wow, that's really interesting. I browsed more. Yeah. <laughs> it meets Turner and Hooch? Yeah, it's a painting. Uh, sure it is. There's well, a... I, I immediately like this guy's Etsy store more. <laughs> Bruce uh, Lee with Chili Dog Nunchucks? What? What? <laughs> that's a... I might buy this guy's whole portfolio. <laughs> so, that's a great <laughs> gift. I'm legitimately thinking about buying this. Um, all right, I'll make I'll make a note to look at his page a little further. Very good. All right, let me open one of these here. <laughs> Turner Hooch. Turner and Hooch Adventure Time. That's pretty funny. That's a good gift. That's a good gift. Uh, the Batman logo mirror. Ooh, very nice for the Bat Cave. It this is. It is. A, I thought for a minute when I saw the description, it was going to be one of those things where, like, where they have the cow cave carved into the mirror, and when you put your face in, you can just line it up. Um, but this is actually the bat symbol. 
as a mirror, and yeah. you can put it on your black stone wall if you have one. Um, or you could Photoshop one in, like this example. Or you could just Photoshop one in behind the mirror. Yes. Um, yeah, and this is more of like a legitimate, like, if I had, I think you would enjoy waking up seeing, uh, seeing pain and death uh, from the world's greatest detective. Like, if you wake up in the morning brushing your teeth, you could see what maybe someone who has had his parents murdered in front of him would see. So, I like to see a symbol that strikes fear to the hearts of criminals. Well, yes. <laughs> while, while, while I'm trimming my nose hairs. That's, that's what I like to see while I'm, you know, grooming. Um, so that, it's very nice there. All right, let me just do this other one, then we'll leave me one after you open this second one. Yes. Let's see what we got here. Shopping at Gadget Brains. And Gadget Brains is the only place you'll go for wiener cleaner soap. Oh, my. <laughs> one size fits most men. Uh. <laughs> You'll be showering twice a day with your new bath time toy. <laughs> this stimulating soap ring makes a hilarious gag gift for a boyfriend. Yeah, gag gift. Uh, for a boyfriend or a boy buddy who just got dumped. Why would it be for a boyfriend if you're with somebody who just got dumped? Or what the heck, treat yourself to some good, clean fun. I buy these every year for stocking stuffers. Oh, my wiener cleaner. There's a willy warmer. I gave to my 65-year-old boss for birthday five-star laugh point. The plastic wrap needed some attention, yet I worked with it. Just do it. Two out of two boot. Oh, wow. There's actually a review where they say they gave it to their boss. Yeah. There is the, um, some other products you might like are the Willy Warmer. It's got a pocket for your boys and a sleeve for your, uh, for their leader. Uh, it's a heater for your Peter. Oh, see, you're writing tagline. They should pay you for that. No, it's on the actual box. Oh, I was going to give you credit for that. You should take it. No, I can't. I only need... It's like my farts. I, I take credit for all my farts, so uh, when really bad ones happen, I'm good to go. It's like, yeah. I, I can take it credit. Like, uh, it looks like that's like a crocheted number. Yeah, so just needles up, around that whole area makes me if itchy. If you know somebody's... Uh, it doesn't seem like that'd be the... Unless it's like, I guess baby yarn or something that's real soft but uh if you know somebody who's handy with crochet needles they can whip that up for you this uh this website by the way has a scratch and save code for codes you have to drag the nickel across the gray area to scratch it to see the special checkout code the well this is something checkmate semen detection kit the hell We'll put it into suspicious. Check unwashed clothing and undergarments with the infidelity kit to detect invisible strains of semen up to two years old. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm closing that website now. Uh, let's go to my gift. <laughs> All right, let's go there. Yeah, let's go to your second gift. It's fun. All right. It is in the crafting vein. Oh, may Godzilla destroy this home last. That is sweet. That is a, uh, a, a cross-stitch pattern. The cross-stitch pattern, not exactly like a completed cross-stitch, but if you want to do it, it's the pattern. My my wife would love this. So it's, you know, it's, it makes a house a home that will be destroyed by a giant lizard. There is software that does cross-stitch design. Hmm. Oh, no. Let's see here. So let's fire up this gift here. Rapple, rapple. This one, I think, would fit you perfectly. Nah, all right, the big mouth toilet mug. <laughs> you are, uh, I know, as a fellow coffee mug connoisseur, I think you'd appreciate uniqueness in coffee, coffee mugs. 
I would drink coffee out of that. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's a ceramic mug, right? But it looks like a toilet. And it's a pretty big, it's a big mug. So it's a big mouth mug. And it looks like they also suggest you can use it as a traveling dog dish. Yeah. Or a um, votive candle holder. I'm assuming for the bathroom. Or a lavender holder, again, probably for the ladies' room. You can make a chia in there, and I guess you can do, uh, yeah. You can grow a plant, you can put M&Ms in it, or you can just drink coffee and read the uh, New York Times, it looks like. Man, whoever invented this did some straight hustling in terms of the pictures. They're like, you can use it for everything. You can drink coffee out of it. You can eat M&Ms out of it. You can thing. grow a plant. You can put the lavender in it. Fifteen bucks? That's not bad. I I, th- I appreciate the promo photos more than anything else. It's like, maybe well, I can I, use it for six different things. But I think for perspective reasons, I can see that it is a big item that holds a lot of candy. Um, and it looks like... It looks like the guy drinking coffee out of it looks like he is drinking out of a small cereal bowl. Yeah. But um, for those of us who do enjoy a large cup of coffee... Um, you could almost drink your coffee and then use the cup as a toy- portable toilet. That's true. I mean, it's it's again, it's a gift that keeps on giving. I don't see that in the demo pictures, but you know, <laughs> we'll let your imagination take you. Oh, there. and it's frequently bought together with uh, Barack Obama toilet paper <laughs> and a butt crack coin bank. <laughs> so. so you're shitting money and wiping it with the president. Well, that's always fun. Well, at uh, least you get like a good cup of Joe in the morning. I wonder if the Big Mouth Inc. Big Mouth Inc. is the proprietor of all of these products. Mm-hmm. See if they have. Yes. Well, they've got Super Mario. Well, this is not them. But they have Super Mario money. They have. They have a lot of weird stuff. They have a what would Obama do pen. Very mm, interesting. Interesting. Mm. Yish. Oh. They do have What's Your Poo Telling You book. And the Big Mouth Prescription Coffee Mug. Wall Mounted Squirrel. Purple Lighted Heart. Oh, a doo-doo head mask. Ooh, now there's something that here. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you a. Uh, let me just send you. A oh, mic. is it the human whoopee cushion mug? No, there's one. There's a coffee mug that says "Have a nice day," and when you take a drink out of the bottom, of it, it's a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's nice. Let me just. There's one of those over there. The butt putt golf game. Well, you know, when don't you want a butt putt? The boobies and beer glass? What the hell? Hang on here. We'll send this one on over. Our last minute purchase. Woo! Ooh, more. Thank Three. you. Clark, it's the gift that keeps giving the weird round. Take him out of the woods, leave him for dead. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Now, I haven't watched that this year. I haven't seen that in a while. So we should wrap up with that while I'm waiting for this. It's like, what what Christmas movie are you most looking forward to watching this year? We may have talked about it before, but I was too drunk to remember in the past. Now, um, I usually do like to watch Christmas Vacation at some point. That's, well, that's on the list, yes. 
Oh, I'm trying to think if there's other Christmasy movies. Now, I'm, I have a feeling I know where you're going. Die Hard. Yeah, boom, right there. Yeah, um, I'm not being around the bush on that. No, no, Die Hard is definitely a good Christmas movie. Um, I think Christmas Vacation is probably my go-to, but uh, it's definitely not Santa Claus the movie. Um, no. Uh, you know what's coming? You know what's a young up-and-comer? What's that? Uh, Scrooged. You know what? Scrooge is a good Christmas movie, and I haven't seen it in a long time. It's a, it's, it, it holds up pretty well, and really, it's just because they turn on the camera and let, let Bill Murray be Bill Murray. Bill Murray, by the way, is the hipster Jesus. Yeah, he's like been for people who people who are secular who don't believe in a god or anything, enough, sure, as hell, believe in Bill Murray, and I think I think there's some similarities that can easily draw between the two. Not well, to say that I'm like I don't approve or disapprove. I'm just saying, you know, no, I mean, everybody's got to have a Jesus. Well, I can pinpoint his ascension to the top rank it would probably be his appearance in Lost in Translation. Oh man, yeah, that was his initial ascension. He has slowly built up to the. The mug is nice. The mug is great. I love that one. Yeah, uh, that was the. I sent him the "Have a nice day." On the outside of the mug, when you tilt it backwards to drink, it has a middle finger. Which is appropriate for coffee mug, I believe. It's beautiful. Uh, but anyway, that was our, that was our gift exchange. Um, Christmas movies you need to watch. Christmas Vacation, Fire Die Hard, the original. Original Die Hard, not the sequel. Although I should see the sequel sometime. I, I have so technically Christmas, but it's not Die Hard. The original is Die Hard. Is yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other Christmas. Um, uh, I know for a fact that our correspondent, wherever he is. Is you know, uh, you know what's trending down? What's that? Uh, Christmas Story. Yeah, I've seen it so many times. You know the I, fact that one channel just plays that all day. I, I think it kind of, it's worn. It's welcome. It's done. Well, I mean, like that's kind of what um, people. There's a, there's a channel that was playing. Um, it's a Wonderful Life all the time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I wonder whose turn is it to be all day. I think I'm pretty sure. I you know I don't know. I don't have cable, so I don't know if TBS is showing Christmas Story all day. But um, they, the same thing happened to It's a Wonderful Life. It wasn't protected, so everybody showed it all the time. And then NBC got it, and they only show it like once a year. Um, that's kind of what needs to happen with the Christmas Story, which I like. But I've just seen it too much. The um, our correspondent's choice for a Christmas film would be. I want to film. Uh, he's partial to the Emmett Otter Jug Band Christmas. Oh yes, yes, yes. That is. In a, fact, I think we have talked about this before. That I mean, uh, I think he's just a fan of that in general. Yeah. But let alone it's Jug Band Christmas, so that is a one that's near and dear to his heart. Um, Not the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, and I should say this: I did watch that over Thanksgiving. You know, uh, uh, I've yeah. seen it twice now in its entirety. I'm sorry. That's a hard thing to watch. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't think just from what I've seen online, I'm like, no, I don't want to watch that. No, the um, I was watching. There's a clip online if you are inclined to go find it uh, of a guy interviewing Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher about the Star Wars Christmas special. Uh, yeah, it was Conan O'Brien. Was it Conan O'Brien? But no, they, it was somebody else. Somebody else, but they basically said. Uh, Carrie Fisher's like, oh, it's awful. 
And he kind of laughed. She's like, no, 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 not awful. Like, it's awful and it's good. She's like, it's just awful. It's just, it's just bad. It's bad. It's bad. Bad. And then Harrison Ford is like, he said, would you do another Christmas special? Or would you, he's like, I had my way. They'd, you know, they never do it. He goes, well, if I had my way, the other one wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So, so Die Hard and Scrooge, I think, uh, we'll probably okay. watch Vacation again. That one's, I mean, that one's getting a little played out as well. But um, Die Hard and Scrooge are kind of some non-conventional. Although I know some, I know some other people who grab Die Hard as their go-to Christmas movie. Um, but Scrooge, yeah, I might have to go get Scrooge and have a look see again. It's been a while. It's been a while. I'm trying to think. There's, a, I feel like there's another Christmas movie I'm completely overlooking. Um, maybe not. Uh, no, that's it. I can't think of it. But uh, yeah, so uh, Die Hard, Scrooged, Eminem, Doug Van Christmas, then, yeah. Christmas Vacation. That's your Christmas assignment. Um, yeah, I don't know of any other like really. What about any real heartfelt ones like Christmas Shoes or fucking? Oh, the Christmas Shoes, Jesus. Um, What's the <laughs> one stupid one that's like love? Is love actually a fucking Christmas story? I believe it is. Yeah, all right, no, don't, no, 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 no. There's Fast love, forward through that. There's love, actually. Um, I believe there's one. Um, some people are partial to Elf. Is that my... Elf is a good, I'd watch Elf. Elf, Elf is heartwarming and funny. I'd Elf watch that. funny, and it's also got a little bit of, I mean... It's schmaltzy, got, yeah. Well, it's schmaltzy, but Kibolza, it does... Kibolza, yeah. It does have a good, it's got Bob Newhart and Will Ferrell in it, so. It is very skodoinky, so... But it does have some good Will Ferrell weirdness to it, which is nice. Always nice. So there's Elf, um, Heartfelt. Ugh, I never liked the Heartfelt ones. I always felt like it's being manipulated. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, the Christmas shoes. God, why don't we just talk about the little match girl? Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, we better stop it there then. <laughs> <laughs> don't want. Don't read the little match girl or watch any interpretations of it. Cause good God. Ugh. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. All right. Well, anyway, um, what, are be, go uh, what are we gonna go out on? I don't. I think. Let me just do a little. Uh, let me just see what's cooking here. I think we got our there. Right. Feliz Navidad, everybody. Feliz Navidad. No fast forward. Not fast forward. Catch us in 2016, where we'll even get into wacky Benny Hill hijinks. They put a parking lot on a piece of land Where the supermarket used to stand Before that they put up a bowling alley On the site that used to be the local pally that's where the big band used to come and play My sister went there on a Saturday Come dancing All our boyfriends used to come and call Why not come dancing It's only natural Saturday, another date She would be ready but she'd always make him wait In the hallway in a 
anticipation He didn't know the night would end up in frustration He'd end up blowing all his wages for the week Or for a cuddle and a peck on the cheek Come dancing That's how they did it when I was just a kid And when they said come dancing My sister always did should have come in at midnight And my mom would always sit up and wait It always ended up in a big row When my sister used to get home late Out of my window I could see them in the moonlight Two silhouettes saying goodnight by the garden gate The day they knocked down the pallet My sister stood and cried The day they knocked down the party One of my childhood died Just died Come on, sister, have yourself 